1: It is. certainly not McCartney. Uh, but whatever. Good morning. It's Saturday. Um, Saturday morning. And I. Uh, this week, our stop is the ShopRite. Oh, it's the Bee Gees. Okay. Uh, a ShopRite. Still, the Beatles are still better doing that. But the Bee Gees are really good. All right. Uh, the ShopRite at 5000 State Road in Drexel Hill. Uh, people have already been stopping out here. It's just uh, always nice to see the folks. Uh, At the supermarkets outside the city uh, because they're saving money, saving sales tax, but more than anything, they're saving on the beverage tax. But I'll just touch base on uh, where that stands later in the program and how screwed up uh, the mayor's office is. What a bunch of bozos. Oh, my gosh. What a joke. I feel bad for the people that actually reside in Philadelphia. But I feel bad for the people that have to watch the Phillies Uh, as much as anything else. I really do feel bad for them. That last night, well, it just they got out of May. Oh, we'll get into June and, you know, hopefully turn it around. (laughs) It didn't work. It didn't work. Oh, it's just so bad. It's so bad. The Giants are not a good team. Not a good team. And they beat them 10 nothing they were up 4 nothing after the first two innings jared icoff apparently i say apparently is clueless on the map terrible location uh he's not been well he's just not been good he's just basically not been good and that's that's part of the problem but the offense really is part of the problem uh part of m- many problems and i'm going to get into uh matt Clentak and Again, what he said yesterday, and it's just, I don't know if you just heard Ned Coletti, who I knew, Ned Coletti was actually a sports writer here in Philadelphia. I don't know what his exact title is with the Dodgers. At one time he was a general manager, but he still works in their front office. And people that that lean to analytics, this is, the world is just so bleeped up uh, in terms of sports and people, leaning on, well, analytics to determine how to choose a player, how good a player is. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's just, it's a little piece, and I'm okay with using a little piece, but you can number yourself to death. It's just, it's, it's out of control with these numbers. We're watching the Phillies, and I don't give a damn what analytics says. I don't care what analytics says about Mikel Franco. He is not good. Uh, Not good right now. I don't know if he'll ever be because we build people up. We, uh, the fans, uh, I was never overboard with him because I just didn't like the fact that he swung for home runs almost every time at the plate. And he just will not adjust. He will not adjust. But analytics, and Matt Klintak, the general manager, throws analytics out there to defend Mikel Franco. Uh, maybe I'm missing something, but he's not doing squat. Does I, I, analytics going to make him a better player? He gives me all that nonsense, uh, and he said it the other night, and I asked him about it yesterday. Uh, you know, how can you, and analytics, now the new terms are exit velocity and launch angle. How can you <laughs> determine exit velocity and launch angle and whether the player's good? When he doesn't hit the ball uh, that many times, well, you know he, he'll hit a ball once. A, he had one hit last night, a ground ball up the middle. He hit it hard, and, and then he, he didn't strike out. Oh, he's not striking out less, but he's terrible. He's terrible right now. He's terrible. Odubel Herrera is terrible, and terrible's not overemphasizing the point. I don't give a damn about. I care less about exit, uh, exit velocity and launch angle. It means nothing to me. It means nothing to the fans. It's just terrible when you have to lean towards analytics to try to tell people that a player is good. Well, his exit velocity is good. Well, how many times have you seen him hit the ball to the left side? I want you to, from now on, when Mikel Franco's at the plate, Tell me how many times he hits the ball to the left side. And in many cases, weekly. And what that indicates, because the pitchers, if they throw the pitchers in the right spot and they're not making mistakes, and there's pitchers that that don't throw them in the right spot, but Mikel Franco's not dealing with that either. But they're throwing him outside. They're pitching him outside, whether it's breaking balls, whether it's a fastball, but it's mostly breaking balls outside. And when they pitch him out there and he's trying to swing as hard as he can to hit home runs, and that's a problem, too, because he's eligible for arbitration and home runs make you money. When he does that, in many cases, he hits the ball weakly to the left side. I got into a debate with Todd Zielecki last night, a friendly debate because I like Todd, uh, after Matt Klintak spoke, and he challenged me when I questioned Matt Klintak uh, about explain to me how you can judge a player on exit velocity and launch angle when he doesn't hit the ball well every time when he doesn't hit the ball well most of the time. I know in baseball you'll fail uh, seven out of ten times because a three hundred average is good. So there's failure seventy percent of the time. I get all that, and sometimes players don't uh, get robbed of base hits, and I get all that. But when he tops a ball and hits it weakly to the left side. And Todd and I got into it uh, in the dugout, again, friendly, uh, and, and somebody suggested I have him on the air. I didn't want to beat him up because I would have crucified him on the air this morning. I would have just crucified him. To try to defend Mikel Franco, and I like Matt Klintock as a person, and I, I, I'm okay with patience, I agree with patience. The team's not going to be good this year. They're not going to be good next year, and we've got to get over it. And after next year, they'll go after free agents and big free agents. And I know they'll make a run at Bryce Harper. I don't know that they'll get him, but they'll make a run at him. They'll make a run, and there'll be two third basemen that are up. Machado and the third baseman for Colorado, two really good third basemen that will be free agents, and they will go after one of those guys, but they'll, I'm sure, approach both. Because Mikel Franco's not here after next year if they sign a free agent. And that's, that's the, the name of this game. So don't tell me that you're going to hang with them and hang with them and, and, and watch him work his way through this. It would have been no problem. And they're not going to do it. When the Phillies are done with their game on Sunday, they go on a nine-game road trip. 10 days is the minimum you have to send a player down to the minor leagues. You the people in Philadelphia wouldn't have missed him. There would have been no pressure on these guys going to Lehigh Valley, uh, Mikel Franco and Odubel Herrera or who I'm talking about. And you could bring up Roman Quinn and you're not going to impede the progress of Roman Quinn cuz he's already been up to the major leagues. So you've had him up here before last year. Roman Quinn, he's not killing it but he's hitting 270 something. It's just a change uh, it, it, it's it's just something. It's it's a change of energy. It's sending a message both in this locker room and to Mikel Franco and Oduble Herrera that they've got to start doing things right. And they can work on that at Lehigh Valley, not worrying about batting averages because it won't count down there. I mean, they have a batting average down there, but who cares? <laughs> but be, they can work on things. They can do it. For 10 games or 10 days, I don't know if they have an off day. And the Phillies are on the road, so it's no harm, no foul. And let them, let them work on things. And there's no pressure when you work on things because it's not at the major league level. And to continually say you don't want to impede the progress and you want to have these guys work their way through it, well, let them work their way through it while you're on the road for ten, for 9 games, 10 days, uh, and that's the, the end of that story. I mean, they'd have one game where they wouldn't be here. But but uh, Herrera didn't play last night for the third time in four games. And at least McCannon, uh, Pete McCannon, is not afraid to sit him down. And I know the general manager would never tell him who to, to play and who not to play. But this is what you've got to do. And for Todd to, I couldn't tell whether he was defending Matt Clentak or defending Mikel Franco. I think he was defending Mikel Franco and then making that a defense of Matt Clentak, not sending them down. Send their butts down to the minor leagues and let them try to work on something with live pitching. And there's no pressure. It's just this is just beyond ridiculous. I don't think either one of those players will be here. Uh, after next year, not this year. After, I don't think either one of them will be here. Don't give me double rare. was an All-Star last year. He w- fell off the face of the map after the All-Star game last year. Pitchers catch up. Teams catch up. And, and they know what to do, and they know the weaknesses of players. And unless the players adjust, and neither one of these guys have adjusted, unless the players adjust, it's never going to get any better. I don't know, and I don't think the fans of Philadelphia. And this is one of my questions uh, to the people out there this morning: Do you care? Uh, are you? Would you be upset if Mikel Franco and Odubel Herrera were sent to Lehigh Valley? And don't. Uh, and, and, and I don't want to hear about hurting the chemistry of Lehigh Valley. Stop worrying about Lehigh Valley's record, because the record really does not translate to the numbers that the players are putting up. There are, I'm telling you, outside of the outside of pitchers, because I'm not going to deal with pitchers, outside of pitchers, and one of those pitchers is going to pitch today, Ben Lively was brought up to pitch today. And the Giants stink. I mean, as long as he throws strikes, the Phillies should win the game. You just got to throw strikes and not high strikes and not down the middle of the plate. But it, it's just, but forget, other than the pitchers, when I look at the Phillies minor leagues, I see... Two players that project into starting players at the major league level for the Phillies. One is Hoskins, who's hitting over three hundred, and he right now projects to be a major leaguer. But he plays first base, so I understand let Tommy Joseph play this season out. Tommy Joseph won't be here either playing first base. That won't happen in two years. That might not happen next year. So, I, I, you know, all these things that you look at, Hoskins is one, and the other guy is Kingery, uh, who's at A, but not on the 40-man roster, so you, you don't want to bring him up because then you've got to take a player off your 40-man roster. And I don't even know if you bring him up before the middle of next year. But I would trade in this offseason, I would try to trade Cesar Hernandez because your future – and Cesar Hernandez is the best player on your team right now. You might get something for him. He started to slump recently. But Kingery's going to be your second baseman. Now, while he's in the minor leagues, I think they're going to try him in other positions and see if he can play other positions. But those are the only two players that I project outside of the pitching uh, to be major league players, uh, starting major league players. J.P. Crawford, I'm so sick and tired of hearing about J.P. Crawford. It's nonsense. It's nonsense. The guy, he cannot hit. He's no more than an average base runner with average speed and he's an average defensive player. Galvis is your shortstop and plays a terrific defense. He's got to bring his average up a little bit, but obviously JP Crawford's not going to do better than that. So Galvis is your shortstop, two players. So I'm I'm tired of hearing about it's just it's annoying to me to hear about not upsetting the progress of these players in the minor leagues. What progress? What progress? Hoskins, I understand you don't bring up, but you could bring up Mo, uh, uh, Roman Quinn and Nick Williams. Nick Williams is such an airhead, but still, it wouldn't impede any progress of his, and you wouldn't have to sit him. I understand by sitting guys on the bench. Roman Quinn's already sat on the bench, but if you send down, if you send down Franco and Herrera. There's two spots because you'd put Howie Kendrick at third base or Blanco at third base. So you could put another one of the guys in the outfield there. You'd play Altair in center field. I get that. But Roman Quinn would platoon. Stop with all the – Matt, please, spare me. Stop with all this nonsense. And Todd Zelecki, you've got, you've got to stop defending what the hell they're doing with those two players. And he did it with me. I don't know uh, if he does it. You know, I heard a little bit with Angelo when he was on this week. So we'll talk about that today. I, I, I can't believe you'd be upset with that. Uh, the NBA Finals, the NBA continue, continues to be a total joke. It's a joke. A 22-point game. In the finals of the NBA, the final, oh, they're going to be close once they get to the finals. The NBA playoffs have been an absolute disaster. It's a broken product. The NBA sucks. And you're LeBron James. I'm so sick and tired of hearing LeBron James is the best player of all time in the NBA. Oh, he came out really, he came out well, but he had eight turnovers. He's going to score points, especially with the way the game's played now. But he is clearly not the best. I've got my list. Larry Brown, who was—I uh, did uh, an interview with Larry. It's on my podcast this week, which is available on iTunes. And people continue to play, uh, blame Larry Brown for a couple of things, and they don't look at how knowledgeable he. Is. I mean, knowledgeable. He's brilliant when it comes to to basketball. But that's on my podcast this week. But I'm going to talk about some of the things there. And, he started listing all-time players, and I'm telling you, LeBron James is not even close to the Mount Rushmore of great players in NBA history. Not even close. Uh, you know, I, I, I've got a point where I'm going to tell you that he's not even eighth on my list. All right, let me give you the numbers. 888-729-9494, 888 729 Nine four on your wireless device, your cell phone, your smartphone, whatever the heck you want to call it. It's pound 9494 nine four on that terrific AT&T service that I've been using for well over 30 years. And it's pound 9494 nine four on Verizon. I'm Howard Eskin. We're at the ShopRite, 5000 State Road in Drexel Hill, where people are coming out to do their shopping and coming out to say hello. WIP Sports Time is 818. From our friends. Uh, a little help from our friends, I mean, we're all trying to help Matt Klintak, but he's so I, I, I will never compare him to Sam Hankey. because he had a, I mean, he had a ton of computer geeks, analytics geeks. Uh, obviously, Matt Clentac. you know, all these departments now in, in sports with analytics geeks. Stop. Just watch. I can watch and I can tell whether a player is good enough or not good enough. I don't need all this analytics nonsense. Oh, my gosh. It's just brutal. Brutal. Uh, beyond brutal. And then a number that actually makes sense. Uh, it's called the, I guess, the chase ratio or chase factor. Pitches that a that a player swings that are out of the strike zone. Oh, Herrera swings at half to forty nine percent. Half the pitches he swings at aren't in the strike zone. So that makes sense. So you say, okay, be more selective, but don't give me exit velocity and launch angle. Is the batting coach you well, you got to have a better launch angle by doing this? That's bull crap. Sean, you're on WIP. Yo, Sean.
2: I'm- um, I took my family to that game yesterday, and that was just rough to watch. And I'll tell you right now, I heard when I got into the car after the game, Matt Clintack's comments about the process. I don't even mean to say the process, but the process with the Phillies. And I think his comments hurt the process more than help it because it does two things. To be on the Phillies, it should be a play based off of performance, and there's probably two or three players that deserve to be on that field regularly, so if you're telling me that – the young kids in uh, Lehigh Valley can't come up that are performing, that hurts the process. You're telling AAA people that are performing at a high level that you're not getting a spot when they turn on the TV and watch that garbage in the major leagues. That's ridiculous, and I think it's ridiculous for the fans to have to sit there and watch. Roman Quinn, there's nobody Roman Quinn should sit for today. I mean, there's only – Alan Altair is the only outfielder that I can say you can start every day at this point. There's nobody else that I would feel – Any problem with sitting and having Roman Quinn and Nick Williams, regardless if they're here in two years when we make our big free agent. Well, I would put
1: put Howie Kendrick, I would put Howie Kendrick, and he's not a really good third baseman, but he can play it. I would put Howie Kendrick at third base so it opens up the other outfield spot. So he wouldn't start, Roman Quinn wouldn't start over Howie Kendrick. But the reality is you don't have to play Howie Kendrick in left field. It, it wouldn't impede the progress of Roman Quinn. He's already been up here once. He was up here last year. Hey, listen, I don't think he's a star. I don't think he's any more than a fourth or fifth outfielder in the big leagues uh, down the line. However, right now, you send a message to the guys in the locker room. Hey, listen, uh, you know, everybody here is susceptible that, you know, you can't send everybody down. But you can with Franco and Herrera. What does it say to the other? But hey, listen, I don't have to worry about it. They're not going to send me down. Uh, I, I, just It's not a punishment. It's, it's an aid to try to get you to do things without the pressure of major league pitching and major league numbers and to peer at the big league level. Uh, you just go down and work on something for 10 days. They have to go down for a minimum of 10 days. But it is, it is and Sean, you're, you're right. It was just horrible to watch that game last night. But just to watch their offense, the pitching—it's uh, gone uh, really bad. But the offense is just awful. It's awful when they get when the other team lets two men get on base with nobody out. They got them right where they want the Phillies. Oh, two men, two men on, nobody out. Well, they're done now. I, it, they, they, have, they don't have players that hit with men in scoring position. It's terrible, terrible.
2: And you and you can talk about analytics, but. What I'm looking at, what well, my, my father was looking at, it, they didn't get – no one's giving Franco a fastball anymore. Like, I don't care if you fire Matt Stairs, the third or fourth hitting coach in the last four years, this guy's not going to get it. They didn't throw him a fastball at all last night. No one's going to line one right down the middle for him. He's going to have to sit back on the changeups, on the curveballs, and this guy just doesn't know how to do it. And I don't think keeping him in the major leagues and saying analytics is going to do anything for this guy. I really – I mean, I agree with you. He, he sits on one pitch – and his swings you mean, are just you're not terrible.
1: Into, you're not into the exit velocity and launch angle, huh?
2: <laughs> no. I. You know what I think about analytics? And, you know I know it has a place in the game today, and I'm 37 years old, so analytics has kind of came into play a little bit of halfway through my lifetime. I think you use analytics when you have two players that, to your eye, look the same to you and you need a mitigating factor that you look at that maybe makes that difference to give them that yeah. contract or not give them that contract. That's All why right. I would use it.
1: Hey, man, thanks for the call, Sean. Take care. Have a great weekend. I mean, it's just brutal, Larry. You're on WIP.
3: Yeah, yeah. Listen, I'm not a LeBron fan, LeBron fan at all. But to see these guys there, they're too big, they're too strong, and they're too fast. I think LeBron would kill the league back in the day.
1: Yeah, but see, you can't I... compare the size of players because players are bigger. They're stronger because of the, the way they work out, the the nutrition. I get all that, but you just look at the way they play the game. And, w- when, uh, and I talked to Larry Brown about many things uh, in the interview I did with him, and it's on my podcast, and it's available for people that want to listen on iTunes. Uh-huh. You can subscribe, but it, it's different about that. But LeBron is not even – I run through the players. The, yes, there are players that are bigger and stronger. Well, the game's played differently, but they don't use the physicality the way they did back then. When the Sixers and Celtics played the, and the officials let them play, it was yeah. a physical game. It was fun to watch. How old are you, Larry? I'm 39. Okay. Do you,
3: do you really uh, think that would affect LeBron James? I mean, okay. so, like five uh, so, I don't think that's So how,
1: you're 39. How much did you see of, uh, do you remember of Larry Bird? Little,
3: little. I don't okay. remember that much of him, but I Okay, see okay. Games and like Michael I, jo- I love basketball.
1: And Michael Jordan the same way. Michael Jordan in the good years before. He took like what, three or four years off. So those numbers that LeBron passed are irrelevant because uh, Michael Jordan, for uh, you know, you can think of different reasons, left the game to go play baseball, which oh yeah. just, uh, but, but people the people that say LeBron's better than these guys. Haven't seen these guys play, and that's the problem. I was See, I lucky enough. Play, I would
3: just say, like, like, a, like to me, if you put a Kevin Durant or LeBron James back then, it's just like to me, it's just it's like giving Carl Malone and in a handle in, in court vision. Carl Malone killed these guys back in the day, just doing what he did down yeah, they low. Played the Imagine game better. Carl huh? they,
1: they back then they played the game better. They didn't. They didn't just look for the – remember, in a lot of that time, they didn't have the threes. So I forget forget when the three-point shot came into the league. Uh, But uh, the three-point shot has changed things. And one of the things that Larry Brown said, and he makes a great point, with the three-point shot, players don't go to the basket as much. By not going to the basket, you don't get the other team in foul trouble. You don't get to the penalty earlier. So not only do you take away getting the other team in foul trouble – getting to the foul line early or getting him into the penalty, it it it's changed the game and yeah, it's it not good it's not on the floor. Well yeah, and, and that's what that's what's changed the game. So uh, yeah. I'm going to give you. Do you have a. who? See, the problem is you haven't really watched these players, and that's that's too bad because the people that give me LeBron's the greatest of all time haven't really seen No, no, I, don't, really
3: I don't agree with that because my team was the. Back in the day, I liked the, the bad boys. So I see the physicality and all that. I watched it. I love basketball. So I watch Bird play like, you know, the old school that we have it on the NBA channel. I watch the game. It's just, it's just LeBron's. I don't even like LeBron, but he's just so <laughs> big, strong. I just I can't imagine
1: nobody You know what you I know what LeBron, nobody stopping
3: back then. That's all. I, I, I here, here's what
1: it. here's what I look at when I look at players and you say, All right, who do I want in the last two minutes of the game? I have so many players I want oh, uh, yeah, before no. LeBron and again and I'll go back and just because I talked to Larry Brown, he made a great point which you don't even think about. You don't want LeBron at the end of the game for multiple no, reasons. I agree, I agree with you on that. He's not a good foul shooter. He's not because a good I, foul shooter, so when I you get fouled, at, but I'm yeah. going to have to have you for the whole game, yeah, uh, but a couple of uh, players. Yeah, well, I, I'm telling you, I'm going to give you my list. And right now I have two, four, uh, five, six, seven, eight players above LeBron, easily. Uh, easily above LeBron. Ron, Ron, you're on WIP.
4: Howard, good morning. Matt Klintak, in his mind, uh, the fact that he traveled to Miami with the team, you, and it, you were asking him, you know, about the wake-up call. In his mind, he likely thought that was the wake-up call, just that he was there. And, and being savvy, hopefully being savvy, he, he's not going to tip his hand as to, you know, what he's thinking, what they're going to do, what he and McPhail are going to do. However, Howard, he showed no concern or alarm. He kept saying, I'm behind these guys, and I want to finish with an analogy. He kept saying, I'm behind these guys 100%, and I'm here to encourage them. There was no, you know, Howard, I, I am concerned. I
1: am concerned
4: about the way we're going.
1: He wasn't saying that at all. No, no, I know. Where, where did you hear it? I I put it on uh, Twitter, so if people want to watch it, it's on Twitter. I mean, you saw you heard sound bites, and you saw sound bites, I'm sure, on TV. Uh, but if you hear the, the interaction, the entire um, – uh, get together with the media. I wouldn't even call it a news conference. He was in the dugout. Uh, is is on my tw- It's on Twitter and and Facebook, but you can go to Twitter uh, at Howard Esken and you can hear the whole thing. But well,
4: I I, I think I, th- I don't know was was uh, jo- Johnny Marks or some Yeah, somebody, right. He
1: did they, it on the uh, pregame show last and your, night. Your
4: two questions. They were excellent. They were right to the point. They were not combative. And he, re- he really ducked them. He showed no concern. Here's the analogy I'd like to end up on. Matt Clintack, with you and what he's been saying recently, sounds like the captain of the Titanic saying he's talked to his officers and crew and their launch into duty every hour and their service velocity remains sound. Hey, Matt, the Phil ship is going
1: down in front of our eyes. Well, I understand they're going to be a bad team, and they know that. They know that. But – it's not like you're going to improve the team right now by bringing up two players. What you're going to do is wake up the team, uh, and I'm tired of, hear, of hearing, well, maybe they shouldn't assign Pete McCannon. Pete McCannon's a good manager. He's a good manager that has a pretty good handle. He can be tough with the players. He can be good with the players and still have the respect of the players, which is a hard thing to do. It's not Pete McCannon. It's not Bob McClure. It's not Matt Stairs. It's not for the players. Well, will, But when are the players going to be held accountable? And Matt Klintak doesn't sound like he's holding the players accountable, oh, and okay. that's a problem.
0: Well, I mean, I like
1: Matt, and I, I agree with his patience, but this is not about patience. This is just sending a message. One of the questions I asked him, and I don't know if John ran that. Again, you can listen to the whole thing on, on uh, my Twitter uh, line, but... Uh, One of the things I asked him, I said, okay, uh, the manager has had a meeting with the players. The players have had their own meeting. When does the general manager, that's you, call these players out? And that's when he said, well, I've gone to Miami with the players. That's not calling them out. Somebody has got to be, listen, if you can't do it up here, I've got to do things with players that I think are better and they think Franco and Herrera are better. With players that I think are better, I've got to do something to try to get you guys in that position. And one of the things, and to me it's not a hard decision, to send them to Lehigh Valley for 10 days. Not difficult at all.
4: The importance, Howard, of calling a couple players up is not that it's going to turn the season around or stop the bleeding. The importance is we're going to see if we have a couple of players for the future.
1: Let them perform. I don't even care about that. I just care about creating an energy in that locker room, sending a message to the players in the locker room, and sending a message to Franco and Herrera that this is unacceptable, and you've got to start working on things and bring it to the plate, not just in the batting cage. If you do it in the batting cage, wonderful. But if you don't bring it to the field, you're not helping us out, and, and that's they don't the go, problem.
4: And if they don't go to Lehigh Valley and tear it up, you stay there.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I, I wouldn't keep – I would let – it because if they're not going to – uh, they're not going to. And thanks for the call, Ron. If they're not going to work on it in Lehigh Valley, then they're done. Then you know that just it's over. It's over with those guys. It's over for those two guys anyway. They won't be here after next season. That's my prediction. They won't be here. And but the Phillies don't have a lot of players. Hoskins will be here, but he's a first baseman. Uh, and they're going to go after some free agents, and they will replace those players. They will, or A free agent will replace both of those players. Aaron Altair, I think, eventually will move to center field, but you've got to keep an eye on him. Just because he's had a month, month and a half doesn't mean he's a great player. But he's better. I'd rather have him out there in center field uh, than O'Double Herrera. And I don't want to hear about O'Double Herrera's defensive stats. You know what? When Matt Clentag said that to me, well, have you seen his defensive stats? No, but I've seen him at the plate. And right now this team can't score runs, and that's a problem. 94, WIP. I'm Howard Eskin, 888-729-9494. We're at the ShopRite, 5000 State Road in Drexel Hill, another fine market this week. Uh, great people that run the place. It's always fun when we come in here. The people are terrific. But this is where you can do your shopping, and you save your money, obviously. And people are doing it, and I'll explain that during the show, how people are getting the message and shopping outside the city. Uh, you know, the the mayor thinks that people are stupid. Uh, well, no, he's the one that looks pretty stupid right now. Uh, but he's in Iceland right now because he got a free ride, I, and I'll get into that too. What? what? I, I, oh, my God. You people that reside I work in Philadelphia, so I care because I'm a Philadelphian. You people that live in Philadelphia – are screwed, screwed with this one-term mayor. Absolutely screwed. 94 WIP, WIP Sports Time is now 8.40. Uh, 94 WIP, I'm Howard Esky. By the way... uh, the Devon Horse Show is going on, so if you stop in to look at your automobiles at Audi Devon, you can stop by the Devon Horse Show. I believe this is the last weekend. So that's going on. That's a big event. It's the, I think that's the only thing they use uh, that facility for is the, uh, is the Devon Horse Show. But whatever. That's going on this weekend. All right, let's go to uh, Tom. Tom, you're on WIP. Hey,
2: Howard. How are you doing?
1: I've never had a bad day in my life, Tom.
2: <laughs> I just want to talk about this LeBron nonsense. It's okay. It's ridiculous. And I heard you mention Larry Bird. And I got Larry Bird any day of the week over LeBron James.
1: Oh, that's not even close. It's, it's not, not just, even close. Uh, these people that Larry Bird played every facet of the game better than LeBron. He was, He's as big, but he, oh, he's not as strong. He's not as fast. It doesn't matter. Larry Bird, when he got a rebound and got out on the break, best passing forward maybe ever in the NBA. I agree. Uh, he's a better shooter and not even close. He, uh, He's equal in rebounds and back then when you look at the rebounds i mean teams were better so you didn't have as many rebounds to get every facet of the game he is either as good or better than lebron james and he's a better player it's not even a question court not vision. even a question his court vision is unbelievable basketball and IQ. and at the end a basketball iq and at the end of a game If you want somebody to have the ball to to win the game, it's Larry Bird. Because if you foul him, he's going to make the foul shots. Mm -hmm. LeBron is not a good foul shooter. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not especially at the end of the game. It's just, I don't know if he chokes. I don't know what the problem is. uh, But the reality is... Uh, Larry Bird is better in every facet of the game. How old are you? I'm Uh, going to
2: be 53 in uh, a couple weeks. Okay, so
1: you've seen Michael Jordan. You've seen Larry Bird. Magic. uh, Magic. I don't know how much you saw Wilt. Remember, Wilt, everybody says, oh, Wilt played against easy competition. Wilt and Bill Russell played against each other 15 times a season. Mm -hmm. 15 times. So that's 15 games where it was tough for both of those players. And listen, I'm going to give you a list, you know, and – The top four to me are Michael Jordan, Wilt, Bird, Magic. Whatever order you want to put them in, you can squeeze Oscar Robertson into there. I mean, he He was no um, love. He gets no love. I know he gets no love because he didn't play in the major cities. No love. You can put Oscar in there. We forget about Kareem, uh, Russell, uh, Larry Brown. Brought up Jerry West. I mean, they made the logo. The NBA logo is based on Jerry West. Jerry West was a great, great, great. Player, smart player. Uh, Not that LeBron's not. Because
4: he lost eight finals.
1: I know. And Kobe, I still have Kobe above LeBron. Uh, You know, you can debate that. Well, debate all you want, but LeBron does not get into the top six in in any any way, shape, or form in anything. What's your top five?
2: What's your top top five?
1: Well, top five, I'd put MJ, Wilt, Bird, Magic, and Oscar. Okay. And then I don't even have Russell in there. Mm -hmm. I don't even have Kareem in there, and there's, I'm sure, other players that I've missed. It's just unbelievable how many great players they were in the NBA. Different eras, and it's hard to judge. The problem today when people say, oh, LeBron's the best, they've never seen. I talked to uh, one of the Eagles uh, last week, and I said, did you ever see Michael Jordan? No, because he thinks LeBron's the best. Well, that's the problem. I mean, to say that LeBron is better than Michael Jordan, You've got uh, those guys are, are on drugs. They're on <laughs> drugs if they say LeBron's better than Michael Jordan. Drugs.
2: Oh, by the way, the, the three-point shot came in Bird's rookie season, 1979 Okay,
1: 80. okay. And so, now, but if it, he
2: was playing today, he'd be scoring 30 points a game. Well, yeah, but the, three-pointers.
1: the difference then is <laughs> they still played the game the right way. Yeah, so, exactly. the three-pointer was there, but they worked for the shot inside. Now, nobody wants to take it. Through. The coaches tell you, take a three or you got to be at the basket. It. There's no mid-range game which Larry Bird was great at that. There's yeah, no it, it, play, you know what I mean. Yeah, it, it came in, but they didn't utilize it. Whether yeah. it's utilized the right way or not, I mean, by shooting the threes, you don't get the other team in foul trouble. That's another problem with shooting the threes. It's just, hey, hey, you if, know, you're, Golden State, you it. if awesome you're Golden State, you can do it. If you're Golden State, if you're Golden State, you can do it. But these NBA playoffs suck. Yeah. Lose by 22 in the NBA finals is a joke. Golden State's joke. gonna win. I mean well yeah they I think they're going to win too, and I thought they were going to win before. I don't think they're going to be twenty twenty point blowouts all the time, but the reality is they uh, uh, Cleveland can't cover those guys yeah, I know, you know they just yeah. got too many players, yeah, too
2: many players,
1: and they did it the right way they didn't they didn't lose to do it. they did it the right way, they didn't lose on purpose. Let me say that they I didn't think you said lose about on LeBron
2: purpose. last week about chasing she was chasing the rings, you know what I mean.
1: Oh, my gosh. I saw him watch one time when Durant came down the lane. Didn't even bother to go over. Don't you have to foul him to send a message? But, you know, years ago, this is what people don't know. Years ago, oh, you want to come racing down the lane and nobody gets near you? LeBron was there and standing there. Maybe he couldn't have defended it, but I'm telling you, what you go up and you try to block it and you send a message. But the the message doesn't even get sent anymore. Uh, It's just a joke. It's a joke. Uh, The NBA is a total joke Uh, please it's please hey are there great players in the nba absolutely there's no question there's great players in the nba but there's no competitive balance nothing if you look at an nfl season you before the season starts there are probably maybe 10 teams 10 teams you say well they got a chance to get to the super bowl do you can you say that in the nba you say three maybe four you may stretch it to four but it's three teams maybe four tops but in the NFL, teams that, that are wild card teams in the NFL have made the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl. You can go right down the list right now in the NFL, and you say, "Well, they can make the Super Bowl. They can make the Super Bowl. They can make the Super Bowl. They can." Make. Can't do that in the NBA. It is horrible. It's horrible what the NBA's become, and and part of the problem in Golden State, it was overkill with Kevin Durant. Uh, it, but there's got to be a way. I and mean, somebody says, "Well, how can you fix it?" And when you ask, "Well, how can you fix it?" Well, I'll tell you how I think. Uh, one of the ways uh, that I think you can fix it, uh, it's, not a, it's not a do-all, but Golden State did it the right way, and they drafted players that weren't in the top five, and that's because they have a basketball guy doing it, and that was Jerry West, and the Clippers are now trying to get Jerry West. So, uh, but if you have a basketball mind there, and I know uh, there's two things that I want to do when I come back. Matt Clentak I'll play some of his nonsense that he talked about yesterday. And Jerry Colangelo was on yesterday with the afternoon guys, and um, uh, he he praised Sam Hinky but he didn't really praise Sam Hinckley. Uh And people are going to take that, uh, you know. It, it was it, it's a joke the way they did it. It's just it's not necessary to do it for as long as he did it. But all right, uh, you can. Trust the profits now because that's all it's about with the Sixers or the profits the way they've raised prices they're killing people. WIP I'm Howard Eskin. We're at the Shoprite five thousand State Road in Drexel Hill. People coming out doing it doing the smart thing saving money uh, on the beverages and it's not just soda people have a misconception of that and saving money on the sales tax and we do this uh, and I see it every week more and more people coming out
0: every week. WIP Sports Time eight fifty five.